0: Welcome to Bean this. Stuff. Well, today we are excited because we have Cole Orfelman. Oh, that's good. boy, we are excited to have you. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've got the little list at the top of just the stuff that you're involved in. Holy moly. There's a lot of <laughs> awesome stuff here. I'm going to read it off. Oh. Okay. South Store, first place at the Caravan Barista Competition, Earth Blend, Rensilio, Golden Bean, Elevator Cafe, and Commons. Buckman's and the SCA that's an impressive uh, impressive.
1: I, I've known Cole for a while and I just wrote those things down I'm sure there's other <coughs> things that I don't even know about we're going to find those out I'm sure but did, did we is there anything blaringly that we missed <laughs> on we? that list?
2: Uh, no it's pretty much about everything yeah I'm just kind of all over the board with everything
0: so one thing I'm always interested in when people are in coffee uh, like how did you what did you do before coffee and how did how did you get into coffee?
2: Well, again, it all started at South Store. Um, I lived really close by, just on a local farm when I was a kid, like 19. Mm -hmm. And I needed a job, and they needed a waitress. And so I started just bussing tables. And then one day, the owner was like, she pointed at the espresso machine. She's like, you want to learn how to drive this thing? And I was like, sure. And then eight years later, here I am.
0: Was there a point when you were were driving the machine? And... (laughs) And was there a point where you were like, Ooh, I want to do more of this or like get into it more. Was there something that like latched on to you?
2: Actually, when it really latched on was, she sent me to the first, uh, SCA conference in Seattle. And I was like, Ooh, I get to go see all these things. And I learned about what. Specialty coffee was. And I met a lot of people and started to do my networking. And I was just like, okay, there's more to this than just Mm. driving an espresso machine in your little
0: hometown. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I think all of us here at the table know, but it's just so amazing how much there is to coffee. Mm. Oh, there's so much. How long did you, you don't still work at South Store? You still do sometimes or...
2: Um, I visit South Store a lot just because that's kind of like where I got my start and those are my, that's my family, Yeah, you know, now that I'm like living and working in Southeast Portland Mm. and doing a lot in the like city community side of the coffee industry, like I'm more like honed to there, but like
1: you never forget your roots. Do you remember those early days on the machine? What part were the parts scary to you or parts you didn't get or this is so easy or you enjoy this part of it more than that or on an espresso machine or other parts of coffee?
2: Oh yeah. Like it used to be like batch brew, like you know, the drip coffee machines, like you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you just throw it in, it's good. <laughs> but like now it's like oh no you need to dial that in just like your espresso and you just like i slowly learned how to refine all my skills mm-hmm. to like make every bit of coffee as good as i can Ooh, I like you know it.
1: yeah yeah and it makes a difference it really does oh
2: it so does
1: do you use a
0: scale when you when you pull shots on an espresso machine every time
1: every mm-hmm. time read do you use a scale <laughs> on an espresso machine when you, you pull shots yeah yeah you know i,
0: I have room to grow yeah <laughs> I remember as a kid, like coffee was like, oh, this is like a disgusting drink. And maybe at the time it was, I was drinking bad coffee. Mm-hmm. What was your first impression of coffee? Like, did you like it at first or was it something you're like, eh.
2: uh, I like the smell of it. Yeah. When I was a kid, like my parents would make it and they're like, oh, here, try a sip. And It's like, oh, this is terrible. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. And I remember this one trip, my mom took me to California to go visit my aunt. When I was 16, we were on our way to Disneyland, and I was falling asleep in the car, and my aunt was like, this is unacceptable. And we stopped at this little drive through kiosk, and she turned to me, and she's like, what kind of coffee do you like? I'm like, I don't. And she's just like, I'm going to get you this big 16-ounce caramel latte shenanigan thing. Yeah. And I chugged it, like 16-year-old sugar and caramel, whatever. Like, it was great. And we get to Disneyland and I look in this like weird fun house mirror and I just remember like looking at myself in the mirror going like, oh, this stuff works. I'm <laughs> really awake right now. <laughs> but it wasn't until like years later when I got a job at South Store and started working at like Caravan and stuff to where like, oh wait, it can actually just be good on its own without all right. these additives.
0: What's your go-to? Like if you are, it's a Saturday that you're not working, you're rolling into a coffee shop you know it's gonna be good what are you getting
2: i usually just get a cup of drip yeah i yeah. love just a straight black coffee like it's so good like especially like because i always pick like shops where my friends work at or mm. like i know like the roaster or something and i'm like visiting their shop for the first time like yeah. just a cup of drip is so good like yeah. sometimes i'll splurge and get the espresso but
0: i don't know just yeah.
2: a cup of drip for like an hour and it's so Whoa. good I, yeah.
0: Sometimes it, for me at least a drip coffee would be kind of like a like a red wine or something like that. Something you can kinda sip for a while. Sometimes mm-hmm. espresso
1: gets a little cold, a little fast. Oh, fast, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you do splurge to an espresso, what there's so many different styles of espresso. <laughs> are we talking about a straight espresso, single, double shot? are we thinking cortada? What what would uh, you go for?
2: Double espresso
1: There you go I wonder if you Might say that One one other question So we're not Really going to get Stuck on this But um, when you Drink your double Espresso (laughs) I know different Cultures do it Differently Mm -hmm. Do you Does it all Go down quickly Or do you Just sip little Sips of it Or how do you Go about This sounds A really odd Question when I Think about it
2: Oh it's not An odd question Though Like I always Like stir the Crema in
1: Okay Just always
2: stir it In because I Don't want Straight crema Yes And then I Take a sip Let it cool A little bit And then I Take another sip And if It's worth finishing, I'll finish. But some espressos aren't worth finishing.
1: Yeah, interesting. Those ones that are not worth finishing, what makes you go, nah, I'm not going to finish this? It
2: it doesn't have the right balance.
0: Mm,
1: It needs that
2: balance. The sweet acidity,
0: you know, all of it. You had mentioned when you started, you started on the espresso machine, started working in that, and then you started kind of growing into wanting to network and like working, Mm. building relationships within coffee in the industry. What... What did that look like for you at first when you started to kind of grow your network within the industry?
2: Growing my network actually really severely happened after I won the Kidder Van Showdown. And the prize for that was going to the barista school. And going to trade shows and stuff is awesome, and I like I love everyone I meet there, but not everyone is, like, based in Portland. Mm. And so one thing that um, the Barista School really helped me with was I met a lot of, like, Portland people that are based here and people that I really got to, like, network with that are now some of my closest friends who were my teachers when I was going. Mm. And a lot of them, you know, saw my potential – with you know what I wanted to do with coffee they saw my excitement with coffee mm. and they actually took me under their wing and said try this opportunity try that opportunity and you know when I started to like branch out and try to do different things mm. instead of just doing it on my own or finding you know some ad online saying this place is hiring they're like hey this place is hiring you have great potential yeah let me help you and like the help from the community that I already, like I networked through that mm. has like really helped me grow into mm. what I'm doing today.
0: I think that's really cool. Cause I, I tend to think that people in coffee are all really good people and it's just a matter of getting to know those people. And, and there is so much, I don't know. There's so many people who know something that mm-hmm. can offer that. Mm. Um, I think that's really, uh, that's an awesome, awesome way to approach it. You know, like you were saying, like all of a sudden you start meeting people and you start learning about things through people and, getting into different places where you wouldn't normally maybe get to through, you know, like an ad online. What was one of the most, like as you were growing, as you were starting to grow that network, what was one of the most exciting moments?
2: Actually, one of the biggest growing moments was, uh, right after I went through the school, uh, the first golden bean happened. Yeah. And, They were looking for volunteers and...
1: Could you tell us what a golden bean is? (laughs) Because I thought they were brown for a start, but you're saying they're golden? Those are those
2: really light beans you find in the roast that you like.
1: (laughs) One of those golden beans.
2: Golden Bean is a really cool international um, roasting competition. Um, There's an Australia branch that's been going on for uh, 11 years now Mm -hmm. and uh, four years in Portland. I met them as I went through the school and then I ended up volunteering for them. But with volunteering for them, instead of you know, these connections that I made of teachers and like owners of this and this and this, we're all actually coming together and working together in this engine room to produce all of these espressos Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's hundreds of espressos and we're like trying to like create all these with like milk base and decaf and franchise, you know, we're trying to create all of these things, but we're working together. And then with working together with that and the amount of judges that are around, you know, those are all coffee people too. And that's just a huge networking thing. And it just like, I don't know, it, That part like really opened up my coffee Mm -hmm. career, Mm -hmm. like meeting all these people and getting to like work with them instead of just like learning from them. We learned from each other, which was really cool.
0: How many coffee drinks would you make in a day at the in the engine room? Uh a
2: roundabout. I mean not very. Uh, that- <laughs> um, typically there's about like four to six baristas and wow. you know, a hundred to two hundred coffees a day. Like it varies on yeah. the year and the entries and what category we're working on. Like True. everything varies, but everyone's just in there cranking out. We all have certain parameters we're supposed to be by. Um, we're all there helping each other out. We also have runners making sure that we're, like, getting our next mm. coffees that are ready to go. We have, you know, all the machine guys there, um, yeah. um, the guys that, like, supply the grinders, the guys that supply the espresso machines. They're all standing there. So if one little thing goes hiccup, like, wow. someone's there to fix it, and, like, we're still cranking it out. And, like, it's just, like, this huge, like, like mm. engine room.
0: Right? Well, right. <laughs> It makes me think of like uh, when you see like races and cars going to like the pits to Mm -hmm. like get the tires changed or whatever. It's like there's all people there just ready to like (laughs) whatever they might, they won't change the tires on a competition. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So day one and day four or three, Mm -hmm. I guess, did it feel like, like pulling shots like you got better at it through the just by doing so many in a concentrated amount of time or?
2: Oh, of course. Like, yeah. um, going into it my first year, like, I had just learned to dial in coffee, you know, wow. like, after the competition and stuff. Like, you know, I'm just like, oh, I know how to dial in, I think. <laughs> and then by the end of day three, my first year doing it, you know, I had dialed in, like, I don't know, 50, 60 espressos. I'm like, I got this. Like, I can dial <laughs> wow. it all in. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Going to, like, today, like you were saying, you open at Elevator at 6 Mm a.m. So if anyone's getting their early morning coffee, go to Elevator. But do you feel like you can dial things in quicker because of experiences like that?
2: It's the confidence level that really Mm helps. Yeah, I can dial in coffee, and I'm, like, I taste it, and I know... I know my balance. I know what I'm looking for. And especially with all the different coffees that Elevator offers. Like, yeah. I know because I help roast in production and cup with all those coffees. Like, I yeah. know where they're supposed to be. So I can dial in a little bit quicker than, I don't know, like.
1: Me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's interesting what you just said there about elevator you can dial in shots but then you roast as well which you may get into in a moment but um it it makes me think it makes me realize that i always think of the barista can change what the roast has done what the farmer before the roaster has done so much and the roaster can change things what the farmer and the farmer starts the whole process off mm-hmm. who is it sort of a mix there of balance of who's tweaking drinks more than others? Or do you think perhaps the Brister has the most power to change a drink that the roasters intended or the farmers intended? Is there's sort of like a whole network of people just there of, of the process?
2: It's a huge network too. Um, we look at a lot of, um, we look at the notes of what our green bean suppliers like to say about the coffees, you know, mm. like you, like when you buy the coffee, you buy it because the way you sample roast it and tasted it. Mm-hmm. And then you roast it to your profile, which is great. But I'll dial in the coffee. And then later in the afternoon, I'll have one of my other baristas on bar. And they'll dial it into more of what they think it should taste like. Yes. And nobody's wrong.
1: Right, right.
2: Nobody's wrong. And Mm. we all talk about, like, especially someone someone redials in, we all try the espresso together, talk about why we prefer it this way over this way. And we all just kind of come up with a group collection of why it's good and what it's good. But coffee is such a subjective Mm. thing Mm. anyway. So... I do kind of like that my baristas have a different taste than I do because then we can talk about why they prefer this to this and why I prefer this to that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You mentioned like subjectivity and objectivity. Do you find, are there coffees that you work with that you don't necessarily, they're not like your favorite, but you, you can appreciate that they're like a good coffee, but it may not be what you go for? And how do you stay objective if you are working with something like that? Um,
2: I'm, I'm really not one for Kenyan coffees. Yeah. Um, I did taste a Kenyan coffee today. Um, that was really well balanced. It was totally awesome. It did have that like kenyan to it that I'm always like, kind of like shunned upon mm. for, but It was really well balanced. And so that's like kind of like the subjective thing is like, yeah, there can be a coffee that I'm not necessarily for, Mm. but someone can redial it in or brew it in a different way and bring out a certain sweetness. And it's just like, I'll still taste it and taste what I don't like about Kenyans, but still appreciate how good they brewed it and how they roasted it.
1: Some coffees lean themselves more to the espresso style Mm -hmm. than other coffees do and vice versa. They can do better other ways. Is that, do you think that's true? Like some coffees are just not made for espresso or this coffee is definitely made for an espresso.
2: I think at that point it all comes down to the roast. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Some coffees when they're roasted a little bit lighter, um, I feel like, aren't going to make the best espresso, like Mm -hmm. a lot of like Brazils and Mexico Mm -hmm. and like all that. Like if they're a little bit on the lighter side, they're not going to come forward in their espresso and they're going to be really acidic and Mm -hmm. just like really bright. But if you take it a little bit farther and you, I mean, even with those ones, you blend them a little bit with something else. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they're not bad and they do have the potential to do that. But just by themselves, like, It does depend on
0: the roast style. When you're looking for balance in a coffee, what type of balance are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Like, are you looking for more acidity, more body? Like, what kind of, what, what does a balanced coffee mean for you?
2: For me, I always look for a good body with a sweetness. Like, I always look for that sweetness in coffee. Um, juicier coffees, like Perus and stuff, like are more like my style. Mm. I did have this one, oh, what was it? It was a Rwanda coffee in uh, Sydney when I was down in Australia. It was the best espresso I ever had. Whoa. It was the sweetest wow. espresso I ever had. And I, did, I didn't ask the guy what it was when he served it to me. And I was drinking it because this was one of the best cafes in Sydney. So I went there. I was like, don't tell me anything. I just want an espresso. Yeah. It was the best espresso I ever had. And it was Rwanda. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I totally wow. I totally got another one.
0: So you went from espresso, and you're still in espresso, but to roasting as well. What what made you want to do roasting as well? Or, yeah, what, what brought that transition or addition?
2: What brought the transition of going from barista to roaster or at least getting into the roasting side was... Even as a barista to this day, like, I don't know everything. I think I do, but I don't. But just like with any job, you need that continued education to get that continued, like, challenge Mm. to keep your interests at peak. So I was just like, okay, so I'm a good barista. Now I'm going to learn how to roast. Now I'm going to learn how to do production. Now I'm going to learn how to do everything else. Wow. Because I don't want to quit coffee, but I needed, I needed to keep going. And yeah. so the way to keep going is learning something new.
0: Mm.
2: And so, well, I know how to brew it. I should, should learn how to roast it.
0: What was the most exciting thing about doing the barista side of it after doing roasting as well? Like, was there, was there, obviously it's all coffee, but was there like any kind of bleed over of like, oh man, I learned this about the roasting and now when I make it, I think of this and it would just kind of like tie it together.
2: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's more for um, when you throw it on the cupping table for Mm. production and you stare at those cups. And especially when you're a new roaster, like I'm sure you've experienced this. It just, Breaks before it's supposed to break, and you're like, "Oh, Oops. it's underdeveloped. What did I do? <laughs> like, where did I go wrong?" And then it's going back and looking at the profiles and seeing like, "Oh, that flare up. I should have done something about that." Mm. Or yeah. you know, like, "Oh, the air temperature was wonky this time. Maybe I should like do something with the air control." You know, mm. like it's kind of just like, just like with dialing and coffee all those little tweaks along the way make a difference.
0: Do you do you ever find either tweaking a roast because of how you tasted it or tweaking a, like, drink because of the way you roasted it? Does one side affect the other?
2: Probably a little bit. I'm still, yeah. like, only in year two of roasting, so, like, yeah. I'm still trying to figure everything out. But... I mean, it does come down to like what I was saying about the, like the cups breaking, like, you know, mm. it breaks in the cup while you're, it's on your cupping table. And you're like, well, I have 20 pounds of that. Now I need to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> and so you do, you throw it in a batch where you see how it tastes, you throw it in the espresso machine, see how it tastes. And like, you know, mm. sometimes it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what What's more stressful, roasting or being a barista or are they different? I mean, obviously they're different, but... Oh, there's (laughs)
2: stresses to both sides. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, you mentioned like roasting something and it's like, if it doesn't turn out the way you want it or something, is that stressful or is it having a line out the door? (laughs) They would be stressful
1: to me.
2: When a roast goes wrong, it's really stressful. I think like Mm. the... The most stressful time that's ever happened in the roaster with me was one of the first times where I was supposed to roast all by myself because our other roasting guy was out of town. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And, like, we had practiced the profiles together weeks before, and we had practiced this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay, cool. I got four batches. I'm not going to mess any of this up. Yeah. And I have a batch going, and it's been in the roaster for, like, four minutes now. It's starting to, like, yellow. And something in my brain said, Oh, open the trap and I dumped oh, no. another batch of green oh, no. right on top of that. Oh, <laughs> I was no. just like, Uh, that's like thirty 34- four pounds of coffee that I have to dump and throw away and start over with. That's an expensive mistake.
1: Oh, yeah, mm. true. And that's
2: where my brain went. I was like, oh my god, that's so much money. Right, <laughs> Like, <Yeah>. I've, oops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess as a brister, you can make a few more mistakes that are not as expensive. Mm-hmm. Then I go the other way and go, the farmer makes a mistake. That's a whole year of his oh. just gone. Suddenly he doesn't oh, yeah. do it right. I think, wow, okay. But you learn from that and you grow in that and and now I i doubt you've done that again. Hopefully you're not. No, don't, not at <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes it's those things that probably wouldn't have been
0: something you would have thought about until after doing it. Now you're like, oh, I now think about that. I, mm-hmm. It's not ever a thing. You know, it's like sometimes those can be some of the most helpful learning yeah. experiences. Yeah. Like,
1: ah. It's really neat that you've done Brista, you've done roasting. Not everyone has that opportunity to do both of that those cool. and get the feel for both of them. I'm I, I don't know the answer to this question, but have you ever been – to a farm I was talking about a farm have you been to farm Have you ever, do you want to go to a farm to get that third piece of the puzzle sort of oh
2: I do you do I do I
1: really want to go are there parts that you go and I think there is from all of us it's, I'd really like to go to I've heard you use the word Peru mm. I've heard you use the word Kenya is there a place where they are growing coffee that you say oh, I'd really like to try that one if I had an opportunity that would be where I'd go oh I'd
2: love to go to
1: Guatemala Guatemala That's Yeah. Not too far away
2: yeah, I've, I've been really into all the Guatemalas we've been getting, like, the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this pacamara um, from Terra Negra that was just, it was just juicy and just sweet and delicious. And mm. we used the uh, Guatemala La Jolla from Terra Negra as well. And that also, like, uh, place in golden bean this year. Which what? I actually got to Rose. Pico. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I guess, like, right now, I'm a little biased towards Guatemala. Mm-hmm. That's but all right. Yeah. But I would look le- – I mean, I'd go anywhere. But Guatemala is kind of, like, top of the list right yeah. now.
0: What keeps you in the coffee industry?
2: I'm kind of a perfectionist. Uh, that's just a personal thing of mine. And being a perfectionist, I just – I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. And every time I think I have – I don't know – peaked in my education of coffee, someone's like, oh, hey, did you hear about this? I'm like, well, well, "What?" what? <laughs> <Like, laughs> so it's a continued education. Like, you know, like I learned everything as a barista or I learned everything yeah. as a roaster. It's like, well, what's after roasting and what's after this and what's after this? And it's just going to be all of that continued education. Yeah. And especially now with like being a roaster, you almost taste coffee different. Like, as Brisa, you know, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then roasting, you're like, oh, it's this and this and this. And then it's this, 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 and this. And you're like, and there's still more. (laughs) So it's just, like, tasting all the coffees and, like, doing all these things and, like, watching, you know, America's Best Espresso and, like, what people enter. And you're like, well, that's not what I would necessarily buy. But if that's what's winning, like, I want to taste it. Mm -hmm. And making all these friends and connections and, like, staying connected with them. And then... Another thing, too, is if you travel to a different state, you know, you've met all these people. Yeah. I get to finally come to your cafe. Yeah. You know. So it's like it makes a destination point to anywhere you go because it's everywhere.
0: Does coffee make it easier to travel in the sense of like like you had mentioned, like you meet people at SCA or you meet people at Golden Bean and stuff like that. And then you go somewhere and you're like, oh, you've got a coffee shop here. Does it make it easier to kind of like, I guess, are coffee people good people to travel around with? Oh, of course. Yeah, how do you find good coffee in a new place?
2: Ooh. I totally go with the social media mm-hmm. recommendation thing on Facebook. You meet so many people and you make these connections and the way you like stay in contact with all these people is through social media. Right. You know, like I yeah. know some people up in Vancouver, Canada that have cafes. I know people in Australia that have cafes. Yeah. And I don't get to see them, not at every trade show or every event or anything, but you – the power of the internet like keeps yeah. everyone connected. So you go to these different places and you just go, hey, I'm here. Where do I go? And everyone from everywhere is like, mm. try this place. you know. Yeah. So like power of the internet.
1: I've heard Australia mentioned a few times. Is that because of coffee you got to Australia or you got there and you learned about coffee down there? Or how did that come about?
2: Um, It was – Working with Golden Bean, okay. Sean and Christine mm-hmm. uh, okay. opened up their house to me, nice. and they offered me a job at their shop, their shop, Pete Coffee. Mm-hmm. And while I was working down there, I was mainly doing a lot of barista stuff. But then I became really close with the roaster, uh, Angsley Harrison, mm-hmm. and. I was like, hey, I really wanna learn how to roast. And he kinda took me under his wing when it was slow. Nice. And he let yeah. he like taught me how to roast. He let me like start on the sample roaster. We did a lot of cuppings and then they moved me on to Black Betty, which was this 30 kilo roaster that was huge. And he was like, There you go. And I'm like, This is a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't wanna mess it up. <laughs> but it all turned out great. And he was there holding my hand the whole time mm-hmm. and that kind of started it. And also I got to when I was down there I got to work with Anne Cooper and her equilibrium roasting class. Um mm. I went through that at uh Proud Mary's in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So you All know right. kind yeah. of like the whole connection of everything and like with those if without those two, like I I wouldn't be roasting here, (laughs) you know, cause I came back to elevator and I was like, Hey, I'm back from Australia. I learned all this stuff. And they're like, okay, well we're roasting now. So why don't you come over to the roasting side and still help out with the barista side. And so Mm. like, I'm just kind of the all around coffee person. The really funny thing about going down there is going from America to Australia as a barista, I'm talking to other baristas down there and I'm talking in Fahrenheit and they're ah, talking in Celsius. Celsius,
1: metric, you're right.
2: And then I'm down there and I learned about roasting in Celsius, oh, and I come back to America, and everyone's talking about Fahrenheit. So it's just like this like weird cross of Interesting. <laughs> like figuring out what temperature it's oh, like.
1: yeah, you could, yeah, you could go <laughs> <fall that> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But everything just got crossed, just going back and forth. I was just like, ah! <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you roast, do you now, do you use Celsius or Fahrenheit?
2: I use Fahrenheit. Okay, makes that makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 What does it take for, to be a barista today, in your opinion?
2: To be a barista, you have to be motivated and willing and you have to be open to learning like new things. You also have to have the right idea that coffee is subjective and that nobody's wrong and nobody's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's good and bad. You know, I have seen baristas get mad over someone saying this and it's they're not wrong. You need to calm down. I don't know. (laughs) It's just kind of like you just have to be open to learn. And you have to be open to taste everything. Like, you can't say, oh, like, I heard that was a bad coffee, so I'm not going to taste it. Like, to know good coffee, you have to taste bad coffee.
0: If you could go back in time and say to yourself, one tip, what would be your biggest, like, takeaway? Or, like, one thing, like, hey, just remember this.
2: Oh, I'd tell myself to calm down. When I was a young little barista that thought I knew everything, like, Mm -hmm. I'd get mad Mm -hmm. over the smallest thing. Like, somebody would be like, oh, you can't stir like that. You have to understand... Where you work, whether you think it's wrong or right, you Mm. need to follow those protocols. And following those protocols from shop to shop to shop to places that you work, like everyone's protocol is going to be different. And you can learn along the way, Mm. but it's like calming down, realizing it's subjective, and that what you're doing is not wrong. I wish I – like if I would go back, I would tell Mm. myself, calm down. You're not wrong. They're not wrong.
0: Mm.
2: Calm down. Well,
0: what what are you – what are you excited about right at the moment? And I I guess what in, in, in the now, what, what are you into or what are you up to, um, on your daily coffee journey?
2: A little bit of everything right now. I'm just, I'm trying to survive just as a, you know, young 20, some odd, whatever person living in the city for my first time by myself. I work a lot of jobs and It keeps me really busy to the point of where some months I have, you know, you know, one weekend day off a month, or I have one day off a month. But everything I do is really different. It keeps that continued education going. It keeps me traveling, and it keeps me excited because, like, I also, like, I work with a machine company, Chilio. and I get to travel with them to trade shows and stuff and, like, help wow. make coffee for them. I also work with, like, Pacific Foods, developing, helping them develop the alternative Uh, Plant based products For baristas Um, The whole barista series Which is a lot of fun Because like You get to go into The food lab Talk to the scientists Do like quality controls To them And it's a whole Panel of baristas There's Barista's from all over, like, all the cafes around Portland. And wow. so that's fun. And then especially with, like, Elevator, I'm, like, a barista roaster production. I do deliveries. You know, I get to, like, visit our wholesale accounts, make sure everything's <laughs> oh, wow. going good. And yeah. then, of course, I also work with Buckman yeah. cleaning the roaster, which when you clean the roaster, you get to take it apart. And then something, of course, goes wrong. And then you have to learn how to fix it. And then you just you learn about how the roaster works. And, yeah. you know, it's wow. just there's all these little bits that Mm. create these little bits of education that keep Mm. me really busy, but it's in so many different spectrums in the same industry.
0: And do you find that like for you, education is best like immersion or like study or is like, like how do you find the balance as far as that education goes? Is it,
2: I'm just personally, I'm a hundred percent hands-on learner. I read coffee books all the time, but you can only read so much like, you're like oh, you got to turn the screw. What, what screw is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can only read so much about the flavor of something yeah. without yeah. tasting it, though. You don't really have the the experience of it.
2: Oh, yeah. Like the first espresso competition I ever saw when I first in coffee at my first SCA thing. I was like standing there watching it. and I, The judge was like, oh, it tastes like oranges and tobacco. And I'm like, I need to taste that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about?
0: How can people keep up with everything that you're doing? What's the best way for people to to stay connected?
2: I guess I post on my Instagram a lot. Yeah, I I try to keep up with my Insta story and whatnot. I always um I always go live with our quality control cuppings at Elevator. Mm-hmm. So oh, like nice. uh, every Wednesday in the afternoon, like I go live with our cuppings and. Wow. Yeah. And I always encourage, because we do it in the middle of our cafe, because we don't have any private space there. Mm. We just have this table right off our bar where we do our quality control. And we always encourage, like, other offices in the building to come join us. We encourage our customers to come join us. Sometimes we get takers, sometimes we don't, which is fine. And sometimes they are private, depending on, like, if we're, like, picking out, like, a new coffee, Mm. if it's, like, we're doing samples or something. But we always encourage everyone to come join us just So they can learn, too.
0: I am absolutely impressed with how much, number one, you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) How much you know about it. It's just just awesome. Thank you for coming on our little show. thanks for having me. (laughs) And uh, thank you for for doing all that you do. I think that there's so much there that adds to not just what you're doing, but also to what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's really Mm -hmm. awesome. And I think your attitude towards... Just being willing to jump in and clean roasters or, Mm -hmm. you know, going to Australia and learning to roast Mm -hmm. in kilos and (laughs) (laughs) celsius.
1: One day that we'll all be metric. (laughs) We're close. (laughs) It will make it easier. I can count to 10. (laughs) And I would say I've known Cole for a while and I, that attitude comes through you very strongly. I've always been impressed by it and you are willing to do things that some say, oh no, I'm just going to be a brist. I'm just going to stick here and that's what I do and, and get bored. Board, whatever they do, but you've shown that not just barista, you've done competitions, you're, you're working behind the scenes, you're working cleaning roasters. If you can clean a roaster, that's one of the hardest jobs out there. <laughs> or cupping, if you do the dishes for cupping, which no one sees, it's like if you're willing to do all those things, it, it says a lot about you and where you're going with